Hello, how are you? Welcome back to Flat White Chats. I'm Robin James, aka Man From Self, and this is episode six. We are well and truly into this. I'm really excited about this episode. I was sitting editing and I actually kind of forgot I was editing. I got very much lost in the conversation, in a good way, I should say. Emma Guns, who is on the podcast today, is someone who is just the nicest and not nice in a boring way but the nicest in like just great chat she really knows herself she's been on a proper life journey and she just has good energy I also want to say that you need to follow her on various social platforms and also on her podcast the Emma Gunn Show which is linked in the show description or show notes whatever you want to call that and um, she's she's just really going to make you think about your own life and I think that's what I want to be doing on this I also want to say a big thank you again for everyone who is tuning in. This is a totally different journey for me uh, from the YouTube world and from blogging and from Instagram. And it's just really allowing me to delve into things that I just want to explore and allow me to connect with a totally different audience. So thank you very much. Now, please do give this podcast a five-star rating and leave a comment if you can. Um, It does matter, it does help, and it allows this to surface with some other people. So guys and girls, hi, get comfy. You're going to enjoy this one. Emma Guns, welcome to Flat White Chats. Robin James, I am delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. You're delighted to be here. And also my mum, who does listen, is a big fan of you. Hello, Robin's mother. <laughs> she thinks you've got a great voice, so I'm, I'm excited to have you oh, on this. Oh, that's very kind of you to say, because we've just checked our levels, and my response was when I heard myself back, oh, I sound like such a man. No, you sound great, and I'm now wondering if I've got my... Yes, I do have my microphone on. Give us a quick, and I mean very quick, intro to who you are. Emma Gunn Award now. I have been a journalist for just over 15 years. I worked for women's magazines for a long time. I went freelance six years ago this year and in that time have faced many, many challenges. It is, it's hard graft out there to make money from just editorial alone. I am a business consultant for beauty brands, various other people, a content creator, and I started my podcast in April 2016. And it is the thing that brings me joy, happiness, and makes me feel like I'm on the right track. And you've taken a lot of that experience from your magazine backgrounds, from working in a sort of a women's space of lifestyle, and have created formats for your podcast and that's something that I think you do really well Aww. like you've done uh, the the new one you've got 26 habits yes you've also done the 40 in 40, 40 days of 40. 40 days of 40 which I when I met you and you spoke about what that was I just thought it was one of the best ideas tell us what that is so 40 days of 40 was um, 40 days the 40 days before my birthday and the genesis of it and what when I you told, became 40 when I turned 40 yes um, and the genesis of it which we discussed over flat whites in fact mm-hmm. <laughs> when we first met was the fact that um, I had gone through some really quite tricky times I was definitely suffered with depression I went through a period of anxiety and part of all of that was because I had realized I was making really bad life choices and I had no one else to blame but myself <laughs> And so that was really confronting and hard to deal with. And I started 40 Days of 40. As I sort of clawed my way out of that very dark space, I realized that I had to put myself first and not put other people first and not fix other people because actually there were parts of me that were broken and I was avoiding fixing them. 
and 40 days of 40 was about doing something every day in the 40 days before and including my birthday that made me happy so it didn't have to be a big thing i think when i saw you i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna borrow a ferrari i'm going to get a range rover i'm gonna go to las vegas for the day <laughs> and it turned out to be that some evenings it was i'm going to watch a film on mm -hmm. itunes or other streaming services <laughs> because actually turning off enjoying that movie will make me really happy and it was more about connecting with the things that made me happy and it was quite selfish really i just kind of invited people along for the ride and i was overwhelmed with the response mm. I had from people and actually by the end of it I appreciated my life my friends my family everything more than I've ever appreciated stuff in my life ever before because I was the architect of it <laughs> and I was I was able to I knew what would make me unhappy and I was able to identify what would make me happy even if it was a slight thing mm -hmm. and that I think is quite powerful I think what's what was really nice about it is that you took a moment in your life, which is, you know, I, I've just turned 30 and I had a moment of like, oh God, 30, what is this? But you took a moment and kind of almost stopped, looked back, looked forward and decided what you wanted to do. Mm. And kind of, it is that whole cele celebration of, of yourself, mm. which I think is important. And not a lot of us do that and actually allow ourselves to have some downtime of watching a film or meeting up with friends that we never see. Mm. What have you learned from doing that? I think the thing I've learned is about being more comfortable in my own skin and being comfortable. I'm, I am ambitious. I make no apologies for that. Um, and sometimes I can be really, really hard on myself. I think the thing I learned from it is, somebody asked me this question the other day, where are you um, most happy? And my answer was, wherever I am, and I've worked damn hard to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's <laughs> quite, a, quite a statement, really, because when you, said, when you said that, I thought, oh, in my home, being, mm. you know, I am often quite overwhelmed in situations of having too many people. And I mean, I'm still trying to work out who I am, what mm. I am, where I'm going in life. But for you to be able to say that wherever you are, you feel good. Mm. How do you think... I suppose in you stopping and deciding what you want in your life, how did other people fit into that? And how did other people view you almost having a, a, a selfish moment of celebrating yourself? Was, it, was there anyone that was a bit like, oh, what's she doing? Or were you yeah. supportive? Yes. No, I think um, you create a dynamic. And so my dynamic was very much um, always of always being available or being someone else's fixer or always acquiescing. I think it was there was a lot of self-esteem issues here and so I never really went into friendships or relationships seeing myself as an equal. I always saw myself as less than the other person. And if you go in with that, you perpetuate a dynamic that will obviously mean that you are that. Um, and to when you rebalance, people are either going to come with you on that journey or they aren't. And that was very tricky. Mm -hmm. And who, who decides? Who decides on that? If they're going well, to come you with you or not? Well, you both do. You both do. Because it's a sense of once, once one makes the decision, people can say, I love you, whatever. You're my friend, whatever. 
and I really appreciate that you need to do this or they can say it's just not for me anymore and actually somebody said it to me really brilliantly once they were like if you constantly were putting people on a pedestal mm -hmm. and then you said no not anymore I want to be an equal they are fully within their rights to say well that's not what I bought that's mm -hmm. not what I paid for or that's not what I and to walk away so it, I don't see it as being difficult or um, a negative energy or a, or a, or a loud energy mm -hmm. or a big energy I see it as actually being quite peaceful mm -hmm. obviously it's painful and I wish I hadn't made those decisions that made me get to a point where I had to make those big decisions but I did and the most important thing is that I made the right decisions for me now and I'm not making these choices in 50 days of 50 mm -hmm. because I did I think what happened and why I, I got very low and got depressed was because when I realized all of this stuff I was 37 mm -hmm. and as a woman when you're 37 people do talk to you about marriage and babies and as somebody who is single and doesn't have children I did feel pressure from the outside world of oh your window of opportunity is closing and you've been left on the shelf and I, I began to almost like attach the word spinster <laughs> to myself and actually that's nonsense I'm really proud of the fact that I make my own living and that I've made my own living from from doing things that I really enjoy and I'm passionate about and I like the fact that I answer to me it might not be someone else's journey that's absolutely fine but I'm really okay with it mm -hmm. and I did have to shut out the noise of people around me who were telling me that perhaps I should change or perhaps it wasn't okay there's so many things in just what you answered there <laughs> that I would I really want to touch on one is something which I think is almost I'm going to call it a trend but I think it's more of an awakening with a lot of people I would say especially in my friendship group which is that whole it's almost like tying up loose ends but also about getting rid of it's not necessarily a negative energy but it's an energy that doesn't bring you joy mm, yeah. and it's I spoke I spoke about it in my in first, first podcast, podcast yeah and I spoke about it with Jules in last week's podcast about the whole body image and about what we're seeing on social media and cutting stuff out and also something you said there which I spoke about with my friend Ali on the one that we were talking about in dating she's 30 and you know she says a lot of the same things that you do which is there's this expectation which is when you hit an age it's oh when like do you have a boyfriend mm. are, you, are you getting married are you, are you having kids do you think there's been a shift in i mean we live in a bubble of london mm -hmm. but do you think there's been a shift in expectations of women at a certain age do you think you're allowed allowed the society allowing you to to do more and to make your own decisions or or do you feel like you've constantly got to push no i don't feel like i have to push i I think it's generational, this perception that by now I should really be married or have children and that maybe there is a flaw that I'm not. Um, I, I do think it's generational and I just also think it's very, this, problem, this might not be the right word Robin, but it's very standard. If you were to map out somebody's life, you could, you could map out landmarks. And I think I said this to you on my podcast when we recorded of the, one of the other reasons why I celebrated 40 so heartily and for mm -hmm. such a long time <laughs> is because I had never had any of those other landmarks of engagement, marriage, baby, new house, all of that kind of stuff. And it was like, well, I want to celebrate something. My life's worth celebrating too. It might not be your landmark, but it's mine. So you can plot out these 
your life and you can sort of say you're going to have these various things that you're going to go through and these what are the rites of passage and all that kind of stuff but I, I might be coming at this from slightly the wrong angle I like the fact that I'm sort of forging my own way and it isn't normal it isn't normal mm-hmm. and I'm using a great medium on podcasting <laughs> I air also quotes. do this air quotes <laughs> we're both air quoting um, I only feel pressure in the sense that I think it's so ingrained for mm-hmm. us as women, as men, mm-hmm. to have achieved a rite of passage of marriage, perhaps, in our 30s or late 20s. And it, fine, but I, I, just, I don't really subscribe to it. But it's, but it's not our issue. Mm. It's, it's how other people are seeing it. And it's in their heads that by this age you should yeah. do this. And it actually makes it easier for them to say, oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. you've just got married. Okay, when are you having a kid? Yeah, or yeah. have you bought the house? Mm-hmm. And it's just because they're so used to seeing this roadmap. Mm. But when someone slightly deviates from that or creates their own life roadmap, it, it makes them feel a little bit uneasy. Yeah, yeah, I think it does, obviously. And I think for a long time I had female friends who were like, you know, find a boyfriend, you want to have a baby, and definitely... I remember when I was about 36, 37, someone saying to me, you've probably got about a three-year window before it's going to start getting difficult in terms of having children. And I sort of felt bad about saying, I've never actually had the urge or wanted to have children. I love some children, (laughs) but I... Um, I've never wanted to have my own and I was really frightened to admit that because I thought that was suggesting something about me that was unpalatable or perhaps I don't know just not not acceptable but now I feel really again because I've had all this time to reflect and I've done all this work Mm. I'm really happy saying yeah it's not for me look if somebody comes into my life things could change because let's face it broodiness is Mm -hmm. hormones and when you're with a member of the opposite sex you have different hormone surges we discussed there, and I feel like this podcast could be split into several parts, um, about our love for RuPaul's Drag Race. Start your engines, and may the best woman win. Oh. And actually, again, you're someone that has kind of got me into it. Thank you. I always hated the thought of RuPaul's Drag Race, just of being a side of, I suppose, gay culture, which I just didn't associate with or want to associate mm-hmm. with. But I'm now five, what did I say? I was on season six. You're on season six. I'm on season six. Episode five. And I bloody love it. I just think there's so much going on. Mm. There's, it's just like, it's got heart, it's got mm-hmm. drama, it looks great, it's feel good, there's tears, there's excitement. It's, why do you love it so much? I love it because, for me, RuPaul's Drag Race is about the tenacity of the human spirit. And it is about um, saying who you are and who you want to be Mm -hmm. and how you want to be perceived and sticking to it Mm -hmm. and saying to the world, I will not apologise. I will not apologise. And yes, it might be gay men, Mm. but... As a, as a single woman mm-hmm. who has chosen not to have children and is not married, I have to justify that as well. So mm-hmm. I, all I'm saying is that I feel like there are parallels. Everyone has a parallel. Everyone has a life choice that yeah. they've made that might go against what someone thinks is normal or mm-hmm. right. And to actually stand firm in that, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And I think I was going to tell you this story before we started. And you said, no, 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 wait, for the, wait, wait till we're recording. But I've, I've loved, loved RuPaul's Drag Race for quite a few years now. But I was leaving work last summer and I was walking from Broadwick Street in Central in Soho to um, the Dolce & Gabbana store on 
just off Regent Street, right? Just about a new handbag. <laughs> just, no, it was, actually, darling, it was a fragrance launch, and I did okay. stand and chat to David Gandhi for a short while. Oh. Just the fact that when I was talking to him behind him on a massive plasma screen, it was him in white trunks, which is unbelievably distracting. Yeah, that face. <laughs> Not that face. <laughs> um, and so in order to get there, if anyone knows the geography, it's only significant. It's like you basically have to walk down Beak Street and you're there. Right, okay. Beak Street has a makeup store in it called Illamasqua, mm -hmm. and they often have drag queens outside or they do various makeovers and whatnot and there was a drag queen outside um Elamasca, and i walked past and i thought don't you walk past girl and i went back and i said excuse me i think you're really beautiful may i have a may i have a picture with you and she was she'd done herself up beautifully mm. she looked incredible it was a real look and i really appreciated the art that mm. goes into that and as we were taking a selfie some guys walked past and yelled something very derogatory I, I said to her, what was that? And I'd heard it, but I was so shocked by mm. it. I wanted somebody to confirm that I had indeed mm -hmm. heard that. And she was like, oh, nothing. And as I, as I walked on to go and meet my friend, I, I actually got quite tearful. Mm -hmm. And I get quite emotional thinking about it now because I've been yelled at in the street mm. before about having big boobs or whatever it might be. And I minimized that immediately by hunching my shoulders mm. or wrapping my coat around me. But when you have, when you've put that time and effort into mm. presenting yourself in that way, and somebody annihilates you in the street, a stranger annihilates you in the street, the fact that she had the confidence to just dismiss it, you cannot, you cannot minimise that. Yeah. You, she had said, "This is who I am. This mm -hmm. is how I present myself," and she was so like, "I don't care if they don't accept me." Mm -hmm. And that's a muscle that has taken mm -hmm. me a long time to learn how to flex. And I, for that reason, I support, I support is probably the wrong word, but it, it gave me another perspective on it that I hadn't appreciated. No. So for me, drag race is really about saying who you are mm -hmm. and saying, damn you to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. And so whenever anyone says to me, I don't get drag race, I just say, look beyond mm -hmm. the drag. Mm -hmm. The drag's obviously crucial and amazing yeah. and brilliant and fantastic, but look beyond the drag. Mm -hmm. It's about the tenacity of the human spirit. It's about, I and mean, I love a, a movie montage. Mm -hmm. I love anything where somebody goes from nothing to it's something. Amazing. And I feel like that mm -hmm. it inhabits a very similar emotional space. What do you think is next, like for you in your, your journey of, I suppose, like self-realization and how you sort of look at the world, I suppose. I mean, that is such a deep question, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's an interesting question. I, so a friend said to me a few years ago, um, we're learning until the moment we go. Mm. And I remember her saying that, and it was a very flippant conversation, not flippant conversation, but it was very sort of, yeah, it wasn't chilled, a deep yeah. conversation. And I've just remembered it because it's so true. And I think the second you think you know it all, oh God, you might be in for a rude mm -hmm. awakening. And I think I'd always, I'd always looked for other people to have the answers is kind of where I'm going with this. And so I'd always been attracted to people who seemed like they knew. And mm -hmm. if something ever happened, they said, well, you know what's really going on there? And I'd be like, no, I don't. Mm. And that's, that's creating a false reality and sort of creating a safe bubble and... Um, what's next for me in terms of the self-realization? I don't know. I'm just I'm happy to be open to mm -hmm. learning and new stuff mm -hmm. and As long as I'm doing the work and making sure that I'm rooted mm -hmm. and I know who I am and what I stand for I think that all of that will be a much sweeter journey than if I was a fence sitter still mm -hmm.
Emma, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. God, we're going to talk for another two hours. I know, I know my mum will have loved this. Mum, we've got the candle on you gave me recently, so I feel like you are here in spirit. Damson and Jasmine. That sounds a little bit Damson and Jasmine. It's delightful, it's, it's delicious delightful. on my nose. Thank yeah. you very much, Emily. Mm, love that. Emma, you can do my wrap-up, you know this. Okay. Go. Uh, thank you so much for listening um, to Flat White Chats <laughs> with Robin James and Emma Gunnar Wardner. I'm Emma Guns on social media. Robin is... Man from self. Please follow us both. And obviously we both have podcasts. Mm. So why not go over to whichever service provider you use, whichever streaming service you favour, and click those five stars. And yes. if you have the time, write a little review about what you Lovely. like so much. Gorgeous. I love that. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.